Ladies and gentlemen of Lafayette. The Hammered Down Show with Jared Jesolitis is Lafayette's number one sports show. Yes, I'm excited! He totally went to Jared. The voice of Lafayette Sports. The cream of the crop! Nobody does it better. Send us your thoughts on the text line at 765-447-4080. Now go to that voodoo that you do so well! Uh, this hour, Coach Drew Roth, your Purdue soccer team, they open up the Purdue athletic season officially starting on Thursday. Admission is free. they got a top 25 matchup on the way. We're going to talk to him a little bit about his squad. And they got Pat Shanley on as well, uh, coach of your Jeff Broncos football team. A tall order week one down at Lucas Oil Stadium taking on Cathedral. We'll see what's going on with the Broncos. That is all on the way during the show here today. Let's get started, though, with Need to Know News. Here's your Need to Know News. All right, tonight it is on. Kyle Hendricks, Tuki Toussaint are back at it tonight in the friendly confines of Wrigley Field. That's right. It's another, what do we call it, Crosstown? Do we call it the subway? Whatever. It's Chicago on Chicago crime is what it is. As the Cubs take on the White Sox, Kyle Hendricks just one for four at home this season. That's not good. He's 0-2-1 in his last three. Don't like that. Cubs have lost all three of those starts as well. Cubs did sweep the two games on the south side last month, 7-3 and 10-7. Hendricks did get a W in that first game. He also had a five-run lead going by the fifth. He went six and a third, four hits, three earned, and four Ks. Tukey got an inning in that second game where he struck out all three batters he faced on 12 pitches. So we'll see how uh, that all shapes up later on this evening. I would be shocked if I found out that the Cubs were not the favorite in that one. But no, they are. Minus 178, over under eight and a half. Little chilly, it's sunny. We're in mid-70s right now, but it uh, would not be surprised for that to go down a little bit. And a slight breeze coming in from left center tonight. I might keep those runs down this evening. Purdue football with some very, very, very good news here is uh, 2025 three-star quarterback Sawyer Anderson announced his intention to become a Boilermaker. He chooses Purdue over a litany of other schools. Uh, Texas Tech, Texas A&M were on him pretty good. But he had other offers, almost 20 more, including Ole Miss, Clemson, TCU. A couple of Big Ten teams like Minnesota, Wisconsin wanted him. Miami, I guess that life wallet money's drying up. I don't know. 510-170. A buddy of mine 
Purdue buddy of mine text me about this. And the negativity flew under his radar because, uh, you know, it's dealing with an injury and a size. Little surprise, he's 5'10". I'm like, yeah, what's a 5'10 quarterback from Texas ever done anything for Purdue? <laughs> exactly. And there you go. That right there would be... Oh, I missed something here. Sorry. Uh, Colts have named Anthony Richardson the starting quarterback. That's official. Remember yesterday I was literally just talking about this. How I thought maybe it should be Gardner Minshew, but the Colts feel like he needs experience to get better. Have fun in the deep end. The fourth overall draft pick will be the starter come week one, uh, says Coach Shane Steichen. He had been in a competition with Gardner Minshew and all the camp reports uh, that I kept on reading were that Minshew was much more accurate, was taking care of the ball, But they're going to go right into the Richardson era. So we'll see. They're going to face the Bears this Saturday. NFL Network. No word if Richardson's going to get that start or not. But there will be joint practices between the Bears and the Colts later this week. Yeah, that would be interesting to watch Richardson versus Justin Fields, wouldn't it? I don't know how close to reality we're going to get with that. Week one is at home against the Jaguars. Sorry, Jaguars. On September the 10th, 1 o'clock on Fox. Then it's two road games at Houston, at Baltimore, before you come home and host the Rams. And that would be today's Need to Know News for this glorious Tuesday, August the 15th. Uh, All right, we want to try to find some winners here tonight. So you hop back on your favorite apps, Digger Tuesday. I think we've got some really, uh, there are some good conditions ballpark-wise today. It is hot at Coors Field with the wind blowing slightly out. Great America Ballpark has... Uh, warm weather and winds blowing out to left, left center in Nationals Park today. Looking good for some homers. Globe Life Field has got average conditions, but uh, given the pitchers and the hitters here, uh, Angels and uh, Texas should have. Some homers. Truist Park, where the Yankees are taking on Atlanta. Severino's on the mound. Ugh. So, I mean, you got a good four or five ballparks here where I would expect some home runs to be hit this evening. So, just something to, you know, we got something to keep an eye out on. So who do we like today? Well, Jorge Soler 
Very good against Christian Javier. Doesn't fit into the games that we really like. But he has homered off of Javier in one of his two at-bats. 16 of his 29 against right-handed pitching this year. I think Pete Alonzo's a little due. Taking on Bailey Falter of the Pirates tonight. He's got a homer in one of his four bats. Most of his homers come against right-handed pitching. Um, it just, it, I mean, anybody, any of the normal home run hitters in those ballparks I gave you earlier, I, it would not surprise me. Riley Green's a guy maybe to get on your on your hit sheet. He's hitting 500 his career against uh, Bailey Ober. 310 against right-handed pitching. He's been hot. Cody Bellinger. I would never not want to take Cody Bellinger. Hitting 324 against righties this year. Tukey does scare me a little bit. If I'm betting on that one. Because I think that dude's got a lot of potential. Man, um, just trying to go through these lists here and just see who I think, you know, has these insane matchups. I really think that Yankees and Atlanta game, because Elder's not that great either. Matt Olson, I mean, is always fantastic. I think that's a good matchup for him. Severino's just not. He's bad. So if you were a, a Dinger Tuesday player, I, I would think the Yankees and Atlanta, because Atlanta's, what, second in home runs on the season? Severino's given up at least a homer in his last uh, eight games. And that's a dude that can give up two or three in a game. Lefties are smashing him for 373 this year. 373! Olsen's just one for five against him, though, with three strikeouts. Michael Harris is another lefty in the lineup. But, boy, I, I think it's hard not to like Matt Olsen. Uh hitting a uh, a lefty who gives up 373 to opponents. Olsen might be my horse today. That might be the guy. Like I said, and it's never wrong to go to Great America Ballpark. I mean, look who's... Ashcraft's on the mound? I mean, that's a dream right there. To get these kind of hitting conditions. And get Logan Allen and Graham Ashcraft on the mound. 
Take advantage tonight. Uh, I do think there are some, you know, pitchers that you can also take advantage of this evening. As bad as Graham Ashcraft is, he is pretty solid on the no-run first inning. He's 5-0 at home on the no-run first inning. I like Zach Wheeler on the no-run first inning. Get this, 19-4 in the season, no-run first inning. He's 3-0 versus Toronto lifetime. And he's also 5-0 on the road this year in no-run first inning. Zach Wheeler. We like how that one lines up. And then if we're looking for some strikeout props, um, I don't love a ton of these guys. Logan Allen over four and a half against Cincinnati. Eh. David Peterson for the Mets. But uh, nobody seems to know how much he's going to pitch. Eh. I think Severino's going to get rocked by the Braves. But I'm still taking under five on him. Here's his last five games. Four Ks, five, five, three, three. So it's certainly in the wheelhouse. But I, that's low. I don't like it. So maybe I'm off those pitcher strikeouts today. I like Olsen. I think that's my dude there. Give me Zach Wheeler, no run first inning. Against Toronto. Who's pitching for Toronto tonight? I mean, that may be fully full on tonight. I mean, we got the full slate, too. I don't know why I can't find Oh, here it is. So they're in Toronto tonight in... Oh, yeah. That's a no-run first inning game for sure. I'm on that. That's what will put, put me down for that. There we go. Look, we're going to take a break. Coach Drew Roth is coming up next. Purdue Soccer will kick off their season on Thursday. He had a young core last year, uh, a little older, a little wiser this year. He's going to have to... Uh, Maybe make some decisions on a goalkeeper as well. We're going to talk to him about that. That's coming up next. You're listening to Hammer Down Show. 1017 Hammer, 1017. And welcome back. It is the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer, 1017TheHammer.com. I'm Jared Jessalitis. All right, very excited here as the Purdue Sports Calendar is officially kicking off this Thursday with your Purdue soccer team. They're at Folk Field, they're going to host UCF. This is a top 25 opponent. Don't forget, admission is free at Folk Field all season long. It's also Thunderstick giveaway, uh, which should make for a fantastic atmosphere. And right now we have Coach Roth on with us here. Coach, how you doing? Doing great, Jared. How are you? Uh, I'm excited for Thursday night. I can't wait here. Uh, this was a team that you had last year that uh, it, it was young, right? I mean, it was it was a young core that you kind of had going on here, but the good news is that you're bringing back, I think, that that base, that good base of you know Emily Matthews, who's been the great setup artist. Uh, Gracie Dunaway's fantastic for you here, your leading goal scorer. And, of course, Kayla Budish, who is 
you know, like the freaking Terminator out there. Like, I've never seen anybody with that much determination in my life. She scares the heck out of me. She's so good. But to bring that core back to get started, I mean, that gives you a, a really oppressive attack, doesn't it? Yeah, it really does. Uh, those are those are three outstanding players that you mentioned. Uh, a lot of experience now, and really had an off season um, where they were all you know healthy and were able to uh, really you know work on those combinations and develop that chemistry. So uh, straight away, when you know you have players like that up top that you can rely on, um, that's going to take a lot of pressure off our our midfielders and our backs for sure. So uh, really excited to see what those three can do. They're three of the you know most dynamic players in the Big Ten. And uh, I think they're ready to have have big seasons for us. I think it's great to have them back there too. Um, you, you know, it seemed like last year you get out to maybe a great start, and then it would be you know, just a couple of minutes later, boom! There's the equalizer given up there. Uh, what are you doing this year to kind of focus on to try to cut that stuff down? Because I feel like you would build this kind of momentum here, and then real quickly, kind of the air could kind of get taken out of those matches. Has that been a little bit of a point of emphasis on trying to uh, you know, maintain that momentum this season? Yeah, absolutely. That's certainly you know those moments of the game are so crucial. Um, you know, sometimes you can score a goal, relax a little bit, or get scored on, get your head down. So those moments are very, very crucial. How you respond. Uh, to the good things that happen and, 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 and the bad things that happen. But uh, that comes with experience. I think, you know, we have team leaders now that uh, understand those moments a little bit better. And, you know, just, just the consistent performances that are, that are needed at this level, you know, things are not always going to go perfectly. Um, how do you bounce back? How do you adjust? And I think there's times last year where our team was young and they hadn't been through that and they had a hard time maybe uh, – you know, getting getting back uh, getting back on track and believing. So um, that just comes with time. And uh, that that youthful team we had is now a year wiser. We've had a year to train. We've had a good off season to really uh, implement. You know, our, our tactical plans and things like that. So I think the confidence will be completely different this year. And uh, you know, things aren't always going to go our way, but absolutely we have the players that can uh, right the ship and and get back to it and. Uh, you know, uh, really uh, work towards getting that positive result. So a lot of growth, a lot of development. That's just uh, part of college sports, and uh, I really enjoy that part of it. And uh, they've been fantastic to work with, and I think uh, you'll see you'll see some different, uh, you know, different type personality from our team this year than, uh, than maybe last year at times. Uh, we've got Drew Roth on with us here, Purdue Soccer's head coach on the uh, Hammerhead Hotline. Let's talk about what you're doing in uh, goal this year. You have Kaylee Kimball back. Uh, losing somebody like Sarah Kyle, I mean, uh, she played some great minutes for you guys uh, uh, last year as well. But you know, Kaylee, th- there's another very young piece. I know you you went in the portal too here and and uh, brought in uh, somebody. Also brought in uh, a freshman as well. Talk a little bit about what your goalkeeping situation is like this year and uh, what you'll have to do to uh, support them. Yeah, well, Kaylee Kimball is back, and you know she's doing well. And then uh, we were also able to bring in uh, a graduate transfer from Dartmouth. And her name is Charlotte Sear. And Charlotte is a very talented goalkeeper. Uh, she was all Ivy League last year uh, playing for Dartmouth. Um, she, she faced a lot of shots, um, got a lot of work in, and uh, is a tremendous athlete. She's one of our most athletic players um, across the board. So uh, in the goal, she's able to make those big saves that you need sometimes to win games. And uh, she brings a real steady presence that you would expect from a fifth-year senior with a lot of experience. So um, that was a great addition to our roster, and um, you know Charlotte will be will be ready to uh, to compete Thursday night for us. So 
I think that's a, an area that will be, um, you know, very strong in. You had two scrimmages uh, last week, uh, Indiana State uh, and uh, was Bullet Green. Um, both those games end in draws, both uh, a little low scoring there. What did you learn from those two games? What did you learn about your team? Yeah, those games are excellent. You know, I, I definitely view exhibitions as extended practice time because um, you need to see what other teams bring and, uh, you know, you get used to seeing what, what you do in training, but um, it's nice to see a team play a little different. Um, we were able to see a couple things in the defensive area that, that need improvement. And, uh, you know, we were able to uh, work on some things and get a lot of players some time. Um, and that allows me to look at the freshmen to see kind of who's ready to step up in those game situations. Um, and, uh, you know, I thought, I thought the results were fair, but uh, certainly we're, we're looking at things and, and working on things more than worried about the results. So now that obviously shifts Thursday where, you know, the result is a, is a huge priority. Um, but those games really allowed us to uh, analyze some film and, and just, uh, you know, just just tweak a couple things that uh, that uh, you know the other teams were able to uh, exploit a little bit. So I thought they were fantastic preparation. Those teams were were well organized. They played really hard when they came into full field, and uh, really good preparation for what we need. And I think we're better from it. Talk about some of those underclassmen that you think uh, you know here over the first week that uh, you may see out there on the pitch that are are ready to uh, make a contribution. Some uh, names that maybe we weren't familiar with last year that are ready to step up now. Yeah, well, right now, you know, just uh, things still uh, working on the lineup, of course. Um, but there's there's a couple freshmen that figure to play some some prominent roles this fall. Uh, one of them is Zoe Cuneo. Uh, she's a center back from St. Louis, and she's a very highly highly rated player, um, nationally ranked, and uh, she she has a real presence as a center back. And uh, to be a true freshman and be able to start in that role is is somewhat rare, but she's she's definitely ready for that. So. I think she's a player that uh, you know people are really going to enjoy watching. Um, another player is a uh, plays a, up front uh, and plays out wide. Has a great deal of pace. Really a, an electric player. Uh, her name's Lauren Umholt, and she is from Texas. And uh, she's a freshman, and uh, she she's already scored one one goal in our exhibition match against Bowling Green. And uh, she has a great engine. Can really get up and down and create a lot of uh, good things in the attack. So those are two freshmen that have that have really stood out and. Uh, I would say another freshman, uh, Lauren Adams, out of uh, Nobleville. She's uh, really, really um, impressed us early on. Uh, she's a left-footed player, great pace, uh, very fit. She can get up and down and uh, defends well, attacks well. So she's uh, she's another player that has really, really uh, caught our eye early on in preseason. And I would say right now it's those three, but uh, this this freshman class is strong, and I'm sure uh, by the time Big Ten season rolls around, there's a couple more that are going to be. Uh, kind of making their presence felt. Again, we want to remind you, admission to Folk Field is free all season long. Uh, UCF coming into town on Thursday night. They're 24th ranked program in the country. It's the Thunderstick giveaway as well. Uh, if it's as loud as the USC game was last year with the Vuvuzelas, uh, which I think my ears are still ringing from that one, it should be a great atmosphere. That was, that was such a great atmosphere. I, I've never had I never had more fun, I think, at a sporting event than I did at that one. I legitimately that was the best time that I think I've had in quite some time, coach. <laughs> yeah, it was an amazing night. It was one of those nights where uh everything goes the way that uh that you, that you would have scripted it, right? Which doesn't yeah. always happen in sports. Uh incredible atmosphere, great support, um big time result. Uh yeah, that's that's one you never you never forget. So 
um, really, really uh, enjoyed that moment, and uh, we look forward to you know hopefully creating some some new memories here on Thursday. Yeah, let's run it back there again with another top 25 opponent, UCF. You know those jerks like to come up here talk about how they run the moon, so get out there and support this team because they don't. It's a Purdue thing. Get off our turf. Uh, we'll settle it on the pitch here. And I know Coach Roth and company are up to it. I, I loved calling. I loved being out there for those games last year. Uh, I can't wait to get out there and uh, see all my favorites again this year. It's a lot of fun. Bring the kids out. Again, free admission. If you can't make it out Thursday, Sunday, they take on Iona. Uh, that game is at noon. It's also the Pooches on the pitch game. Uh, then they're back again next week. Uh, more doubleheaders at home on Thursday and Sunday. So you've got a lot of great chances early to get out there and support the Boilermakers. And uh, it's it's free. You don't need to get a ticket or anything. You just roll right in there. You are good to go. Coach Roth, hey, I'm very excited to see you on Thursday. It's going to be a lot of fun. Best of luck and boiler up, my friend. Thanks so much. Welcome back. It is the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer and 1017TheHammer.com. All right, we're over to the Hammerhead Hotline. We're going to bring in Coach Pat, Shanley, Jeff Broncos are doing it up big week one here as they head down to Lucas Oil Stadium to take on the Cathedral Irish, a matchup that's a a rematch of last year where Cathedral came up here to Lafayette. And um, Coach, glad to have you here. Big matchup, big stage here for you guys. First off, I think this is great that you're able to get this thing started in Lucas Oil Stadium. I think that's a great experience for your players. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, last season when we played them, and uh, I know that our athletic directors began to have conversations about this possibility. Um, and, uh, you know, it's just awesome that, uh, you know, Mr. Gardner and, and Coach Strife uh, were able to work together to create this opportunity for, for our community and our kids. I love it, too, and I'm glad they're still on the schedule here. Um, I think there were some there's some naysayers here that saw that on the schedule. Say, oh, gosh, why in the world would they put them on there? They're, they're not competing with Cathedral. And I thought that was just absolutely ridiculous because, you know, this is the level you're trying to get to. You're trying to win a, a state championship every year you go out there. Uh, you need to win that sectional, and, and you need to challenge yourself and, and show, you know, your players – you know, what you need to do to get there. And I don't think it's a coincidence that you had these guys on the schedule and then you're able to go out there and win the first sectional in, in what, 20 years. Uh, I think that game was very beneficial for you guys. Yeah, regardless of what the naysayers say, we're always going to do what's in the best interest of our, our kids and our program. And we felt like playing a team of that caliber early on in the season is going to be you know, um, a, a good thing for us and, and helping us achieve our goals and things that we're trying to accomplish. So those are things that we try to concern ourselves with, regardless of outside noise. And, and uh, you know, and we'll always be about that. So, you know, there, there's always, for whatever reason, outside noise kind of, uh, you know, surrounding every program. But, uh, again, we try to tune those things out and just focus on getting better today. So, you know, playing Cathedral, um, you know, last year, again, regardless of what the score said, uh, you know, they're a very, very good team. Uh, but there were a lot of takeaways from that that gave us confidence and, and, and led us to believe that, uh, you know, if we continued to improve at a rate that we wanted to, uh, we would have a shot to be really good in November. And, you know, fortunately that came to fruition. And, and hopefully, uh, you know, the outcome is different this year. But, again, we're going to have the same mindset going into this game is, is, is that it's a uh, great team, great program, an opportunity to, to find our flaws and, and fix our flaws in advance of, of uh, you know, hopefully a postseason run. And now that you get the sectional title here, oh, very, very close in that regional game uh, against Carroll. Now it seems like you know the expectations 
uh, they go up a little bit here. Now that your team is, uh, you know, you guys have learned about winning at that, uh, how do you continue to keep them in focus? How, how do you not let the, that little bit of success kind of make you complacent, so to speak, uh, during the off season and as you approach week one? Yeah, I think if you're a real competitor, you're hungry for more. You know, we're not satisfied with winning the sectional. We're certainly happy to, you know, that it, that it happened, that it took place. And um, but I, but I think the majority of our kids were disappointed that uh, we were six inches away from from a regional championship. And and you know that that's kind of been something that uh, they've been reminded about and that they've reminded each other about. Uh, it's kind of been a driving force for us throughout the course of the off season. Uh, so I, I I haven't seen complacency kick in. Um, with this group, uh, there's a lot of young guys that are uh, were on the sideline uh, for that opportunity. Or I guess that that game, that that regional championship last year, and and you know they're they're going to get a sh- opportunity to, to play Friday night against Cathedral and and show that they belong on the big stage and that uh, you know they're they're eager to, to make their mark on our program. We're talking with Pat Shanley, Jeff Broncos here on the Hammerhead Hotline. They'll open up on Friday night. Uh, against Cathedral in Lucas Oil, that game at uh, 6 o'clock. Uh, let's talk a little bit here about uh, how you're going to attack offensively. Um, uh, you know, a lot of key pieces here to uh, replace and what was a, uh, a pretty smooth and, and uh, fast-working offense that you guys had out there. So uh, let's talk about some of these new faces that are going to be making noise here. Jeff Broncos on offense. Yeah, you know, uh, how our offense looks early on the season might look different than how it looks later on in the season. Obviously, you know, we've got a lot of moving parts right now and a lot of question marks and a lot of new faces. But, uh, you know, we're, we're going to stick to kind of what we've always done and, and the things that we believe in, and you know, which is getting our best players the ball and, you know, being really sound and blocking people and, and trying to take care of the football. So, you know, which tempo we do that, out of what formations we do that and, and, and all that is, you know, again, I think that's a week-to-week thing that we try to – uh, you know, add variation on, uh, but, um, you know, without giving away too much, you know, I think, you know, Bronco fans and, and people that watch us play this year, will see, you know, a lot of similarities in that we're, we're trying to get our best players of football. Uh, speaking of getting best players, the football, I, I think uh, one of your best is certainly on defense and a uh, young man and Micah Lillard, who uh, just really stood out last year, seemed like a ball hawk at times too. Just, just a great guy that you have back in your secondary now that you've given him a whole other offseason to develop and get bigger, um, I know he's uh, made his uh, collegiate commitment too, to uh, to Ball State. What kind of things can I expect out of that young man this year? Yeah, you'll you'll see. He's you know a little bit thicker. Um, shoot, he might have grown an inch too. He, he's definitely faster. He, he's had a good offseason. He's a great kid. He's a great teammate. He's a great leader. And uh, you know we, we we you know what you saw from Micah last year. You know hopefully you, you continue to see his game. Um, stepping up another level, you know, and, and teams may test him, but, uh, you know, the, the guys opposite of him are going to have to be uh, ready as well. And we're, we're excited about what we've got on the back end, and we're, we're excited about the speed that we have in the box. Uh, give me a player or, or two here, either sides of the ball, that uh, maybe is going to be a new name for fans, but uh, you're going you're gonna to watch him play and expect real big things out of him might uh, shock a few people. Can you give me a player or two like that? Sure. Yeah. You know, LC Crowder was a kid that, um, you know, had some health issues going on last year and was not able to play. We, we kind of rallied around him. Um, he's, he's back in action. He's healthy. He's fast. He's, he's confident. And, uh, you know, Bronco fans will see him kind of all over the field offensively. We're going to try to do a lot of things that showcase what, what he's able to do and, and try to get matchups and, and uh, get him the ball and let him do some different things. So, uh, you know, LC Crowder's one. Terrell Irons um, is a really dynamic athlete um, at, at receiver. DJ Young's a dynamic athlete. 
uh, that that's worked really hard and was behind some really good players. But uh, you know, he's had a great summer and is is uh, he's ready for prime for a big year. And Jelahosmanis is another kid who moved in from Three Rivers, Michigan. He, he played basketball for Coach Barnheiser. Uh, kind of cut his teeth, I guess, in, in, in a little bit faster pace maybe than what he was used to, um, you know, as it relates to basketball, which which I think has kind of helped uh, speed him up a little bit in his, his development uh, within our program as well. He's another kid offensively that uh, has had a really good summer for us. So defensively, um, you know, Ben Riva is a, is a Mike linebacker. Carter Wilcox, Ben Pickering are guys that are um, are, are new names, but uh, have had tremendous offseason and looked really good. Um, and then a lot of guys up front, uh, specifically, um, you know, Riley Perkins is a guy that's really fast off edge and kind of has a unique game. He's not JoJo Houston in terms of his body type, but uh, very similar in terms of his speed and his ability to rush the passer. But, uh, you know, there, there's really too many to mention to, to you know, I, I know I'm leaving several off. Um, hey, that's okay. You know, off that, but, uh, you know, they, they, we, we're proud of just the offseason that our guys have had across the board within our program. Uh, my last question here, uh, you know, your brother on staff as well, Jared's uh, a tremendous coach in, in his own right, and I know you're uh, very excited to uh, have another uh, season uh, with him. Uh, have you convinced him to uh, to, to cut that beard? I, I think the beard's, I don't know about you, I think the beard's ridiculous, uh, but I, is he still rocking that thing? He's his own person, man, so yeah, he, he's never, you know, he's never been the best dresser, the best athlete in the family, um, I can promise you that. So uh, he kind of does him and just uh, accept, accepts uh, second place, I guess, in all those things within the family. But, uh, no, he's a it, – it is – Jared, you touched on it, man. It's awesome coaching him. He, he's a really hard worker, great coach. Uh, but, uh, no, his, his swag is, is definitely not there. I love the coaching staff that you put together over there. I, I think you got a lot of great uh, men helping lead these uh, young men and make better football players and, uh, you know, make better uh, members of the community and better members of that school system. Uh, Pat Shanley, Jeff Broncos, again, they're going to be down in Indy Friday night, 6 o'clock, Lucas Oil Stadium, uh, taking on Cathedral. And, uh, buddy, we wish you the best of luck. Uh, I'm really looking forward to the season for the Broncos. I can't wait to see you guys build off the success from winning that sectional last year. Appreciate it, Jared. Excited to be talking ball with you again. Excited for the 2023 season. Big thanks to Coach Shanley. Big thanks to Coach Roth being on the show today. We'll have all of your high school coaches on this week, I promise you. Uh, I did talk to Terry Peebles earlier today, Brian Nay, Josh Strasser, and Shane Fry. All five uh, will definitely uh, have on for you here uh, in the uh, rest of the week. I just got to figure out how I'm going to lay all this out. We got a lot going on. A lot of talks to be had here, so uh, I'm trying to balance that all out here as best we can and uh, still be able to talk some of the uh, news of the day and everything, too. I, I like having a couple of interviews. It's great, but sometimes I feel like we get to miss out on uh, on some talks with some stuff. And, and big stuff happening today, like uh, Anthony Richardson being told he is going to be the quarterback uh, for the Indianapolis Colts week one. Uh, he then wins a very short battle over Gardner Minshew. Who, you know, reading stuff from camp sounded like he was performing rather well. He was accurate. But the Colts have ultimately decided that a, a quarterback that they drafted who had very limited starting experience, the best way to get him that experience is, you know, just to throw him in there. Um, you know, when you look at it from that angle, I guess that, uh, that does make some sense. 
Uh, I still think you play the guy that gives you the best chance to win in the National Football League. And I think as of right now, it seemed like that was Gardner Minshew from what I would read. Now, there's no denying that Anthony Richardson has all of the upside here. Okay, the question is, is he ready enough to go out there and get you games? I think early on, he can be uh, very effective for the Colts. Because teams just won't have, I mean, there's not a lot of college tape on him, right? You're not going to get much pro tape on him. So it becomes a little bit harder to figure out what the shortcomings are. So I think early on, he can be out to a good start. But I wonder when you know seasoned defensive staff start getting the tape, whether or not they can figure out ways to isolate him and take away the things that you know he knows that he normally does well and make him uncomfortable. That's when the real evaluation starts for me and where he needs to grow and what he needs to do better. But I thought from the get-go here, perhaps Gardner was a better play. But the Colts' mindset is, look, he needs he needs experience. This is how you get experience. And that's all well and dandy. I will, the only hang-up that I have on this is that you had a quarterback that was ready for quite some time, but everybody else, you know, was not. And that was Andrew Luck. And he got banged around a lot. Now, no Jonathan Taylor in the mix right now. Well, assume that works out eventually and he gets back in there, because that's a big piece of it. And just being on the same page and not taking the shots, uh, which rookies can find themselves prone to do, that that is my worry there. Is starting him before he is somewhat ready to be a starter. I have no problem being a little green uh, and and getting in there, but the the lack of reps that he even had in college is a little bit concerning. Now, is he ready to go? He's going to learn on the job. He's going to learn on the job. You just hope that some of those lessons don't turn out to be very, very painful ones. That is my hiccup. That being said, if I wanted to put my money where my mouth was, I did go out and look For him to lead the league in INTs, DraftKings plus 4,000, Hard Rock had it at plus 2,250. I did not find the prop on FanDuel or BetMGM. If you like to buy into the hype, Offensive Rookie of the Year, you know they love to get that to a quarterback. Will Levis looks terrible. Aiden O'Connell's not going to get the start week one. you got to wait for Jimmy G to get hurt. Bryce Young's the favorite. And to be honest with you, uh, plus uh, 600, so 6 to 1 on DraftKings, 7 to 1 on Hard Rock, 9 to 1 on FanDuel, 7 to 1 on MGM. 9 to 1 on a guy who you know is going to start for sure. 
and can make a lot of wild plays with his feet. That's not a bad and a bad play for offensive rookie of the year. At least in my estimation, you know they want to give uh, these uh, awards to the quarterbacks. If it doesn't go to a quarterback, it's got to go usually to a running back, right? Isn't that how it normally goes? Or a wide receiver, sorry. Uh, Garrett Wilson last year, wide receiver. Jamar Chase, wide receiver. Justin Herbert, Kyler Murray, quarterbacks. And they want to give it to the quarterbacks. They really, really do. But I you know, nine to nine to one. Geez, you can play both angles of that, I think. All right, that's gonna do it for us here on the Hammer Down Show. Big thank you for listening. We'll get everything posted up. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Audible, uh 1017thehammer.com and our mobile app. We'll see you back here again.